Well, Ashley, uh, the temperature's dropping. The days are getting shorter. There's a crisp, one might also say autumnal feel in the air. Uh, Leaves are turning. Uh, So, do you want to talk about a spooky movie? Of course. So we are going to talk today about Eyes Without a Face. Uh, this is available, or at least used to be, uh, on the Criterion series, which um, we periodically talk about a movie that is available through Criterion. They're like a distribution label. Usually they put out quite good films, or at least films that are worthy of discussion. So you know, back in 2020, we started our Criterion series. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, it's Eyes Without a Face, and Ashley's going to tell us a little bit about it. So this is a film from what year is this? 1960. 1960, and it's directed by Georges Franjou. I'm probably butchering the name, but uh, it is set in France, and it concerns a doctor who is a he's a fan, he's a plastic surgeon. And he has, in the past, uh, been able to fix uh, a person's face. Uh, someone who was injured, um, had a injured face, he was able to fix it and make it beautiful again. This person is actually his assistant now. But he also has a daughter who was in a horrible accident that he um, seems to have been responsible for, and he feels very guilty about this. And he's trying to um, basically give his daughter back a beautiful face, and he's doing this in a rather sinister way by, well, basically kidnapping women and trying to steal their faces and transplant them onto his daughter. <laughs> That's the setup for <laughs> Eyes Without a Face. Um, what do you think about this movie? So I like this movie. Uh, we re- recently rewatched it uh, in preparation for this episode. I'd seen it. Bef- we'd seen it before. Um, but it was long ago enough that all I really remembered was kind of what you just described, or I remembered his daughter mm-hmm. and how she had this disfigured face and um, he was doing nefarious things to try and fix her. But yeah, I didn't remember all the details. So yeah, it, it's interesting. The I feel like, you know, it's only a 90 minute movie, but I feel like, so like the first half is more horror-ish. The back half to me is more psychological drama and that's fine. I'm not uh, saying that's bad, but you know, the first half, I mean, the, the opening credits are over like, um, these trees as, as somebody's driving along and you see the headlamps of the light from the headlamps of the car kind of up on, on the trees. And it's just a shot of those trees as we're going traveling. And, you know, this is a black and white movie. And I don't know. It just came across kind of spooky looking to me. There's, um, a moment where one of the young women that the doctor and his assistant Louise, played by Alita Valley, I'll talk a little bit more of her later. Uh, but there's a woman they've captured. She's in his laboratory, and um, the daughter, I think her name was Christiane, um, she kind of walks up to the girl and doesn't have a mask on because the daughter normally wears a mask. Uh, to hide her disfigurement. But she walks up without a mask. And the woman the, the, who's been kidnapped 
it's trying to, she's been drugged and she's kind of coming out of that. So her vision is blurry and we have a shot of what she's seeing as she's waking up and it's of the daughter, but you can't really totally see her face, but it, it looks a little almost gruesome you know, in the blur. That's about as I would say horror as we get. And then the back half is more of, um, sort of detective work. So the daughter, before she had this accident, had a fiance. He's also a doctor who happens to be working at the same facility as the, 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 the man who's also the doctor who's doing these experiments. And he goes, the fiance goes to enlist the police and, and, and help it. Cause he thinks, he thinks that, so I, it's, it's been claimed that the daughter is dead. Uh, but the fiance thinks she's alive. So he enlists the police and help trying to find her. So it becomes a little bit, and, and there's strain between the daughter and her father. And she, she doesn't, you know, she wants a beautiful face again, but she doesn't like what he's doing. Like I said, it becomes more psychological drama. Um, but it, the whole thing is still very unnerving. Um, there's a good score here by Maurice Jarre, who uh, is, it, it's, it's, it's quite memorable, and it also helps set the mood and the tone uh, of the movie. So, yeah, there's an element of it that I do not like, which we can get to, but overall, yeah, I like this movie. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the mood and tone of the movie, and to me, that's that's mostly what this movie is, is mood and tone, and that's what I like about it. You, you mentioned the opening shot. That's very creepy. Um the house where the doctor lives and where the the daughter is there's something kind of gothic about it um so yeah the whole movie just has this creepy vibe and it's also kind of a very quiet film particularly for a horror movie it's very quiet um with some you know kind of punctuations of of noise and and stuff the the doctor does his experiments on dogs so there's all oftentimes just this you know overwhelming noise of dogs barking kind of breaking the silence um yeah this this doctor's man is a mansion it's like a chalet or whatever but it's mm -hmm. or not chalet but chateau mm -hmm. and it's uh outside of paris yes because the young women that his assistant louise is, is kidnapping is they are young women i think probably going to college in paris mm -hmm. and like one of them that we follow for a while like she is lured by Louise with the promise of a, of a, of an apartment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Louise is like, I'll drive you there. And they're driving and driving. And, and the woman's like, well, my gosh, I want something like in town. <laughs> this is really far out. Right. But the, the movie just manages to kind of, um, present this story in a very hauntingly beautiful way. And there is something kind of actually poetic about it, particularly, you know, near the end and the final scenes, I think are particularly beautiful. And, um, hard to forget. Um, but it, it's interesting. I, I had forgotten how psychological it is. And you, you mentioned that it kind of becomes a psychological drama. There's a lot going on here. Um, there's, there's a lot of sadness to this movie. There's an obsession, obsession over beauty. Um, there's guilt and this, a need for atonement. And of course there's madness and loneliness as well. There's just a lot going on psychologically here with the, with the doctor and the daughter and everyone else. Um, so yeah, I think that makes for, for a richer movie, you know, for a kind of a short film with kind of a simple plot. There's a, there's a lot uh, beneath the surface. So. Yeah. 
I will say, uh, I wanted to get back to Alita Valley, who plays Louise, the doctor's assistant. Um, she's someone who I first saw many, many years ago because I, so Fred McMurray is one of my like golden age of Hollywood favorite actors. And I was in a period where I was just renting uh, as many movies of his as I could. Um, back when you used to go to like a place called a video <laughs> rental store and pick out movies on, on VHS tape. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was a 1948 film that he did with Frank Sinatra uh, called the miracle of the bells mm-hmm. and Alita Valley was like the the star of it. And she was this dying woman and she, anyway, it was, it was actually quite moving. And I always remembered her from that. She's also been in the third man in the 1977 Suspiria. Um, so she's, you know, I mean, a, a, a well-established actress uh, and she's good in this. She conveys, I mean, she is, she feels sort of indebted to the doctor because, as you mentioned earlier, her face, although not to the extent of his daughter's, her face was was disfigured, and he he made her look beautiful again. Mm-hmm. And so she feels this, this this gratitude, but she's doing these awful things, you know, kidnapping these women, luring these women to their ultimately to their deaths. Um. So I wanted to give a shout out to Alita Valley. Yeah, no, she's really good. I thought, you know, the entire cast is, is pretty good. Um, but to me, the it's the visuals that <laughs> override everything else in this movie. There's a, there's a scene in the movie that is quite disturbing. Um, and it's the face transplant surgery scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you would describe this as early body horror, but I found it to be extremely uncomfortable to watch. And I don't know, I th- it's tolerable, I think perhaps because this is black and white. If this was if this was color, I don't know if I'd have been able to to sit to, or, to watch it without hiding my eyes, mm-hmm. I should say. Um but as it is, it's just a very creepy and disturbing. Um and there's there's other choices that are made in the film that I think are are good too, like you know, you mentioned that you know, usually the daughter wears a mask. The mask that they chose for her to wear, I thought was pretty interesting. And that it's just this um, blank white mask. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing to it. It's, you know, reminiscent of, of Michael Myers, maybe, but quite not quite so menacing. But it's still haunting. It's more haunting than, yes. than menacing. So. It, it is very real looking. Yeah. Again, if this were in color, I don't know whether, I don't know what color the mask was. Maybe it wouldn't have looked quite so real. But in black yeah. and white, um, yeah, it, it, there were a couple of moments in the movie where I had to look, there was a scene a daughter was in and I was like, so wait, is, <laughs> has, she, has she had her face transplanted or is this still the mask? Because mm-hmm. I can't tell. It was that, that real looking, but very, almost too perfect. Yeah. 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 So can we talk about, you know, and this is going to get into a little bit of spoiler territory. So it's a 62 year old movie, but you know, if you haven't seen it yet, we would recommend it. But, um, toward the last part, um, I mentioned earlier how the police kind of become involved and whatever. So we need to talk about <laughs> that whole thing. So, you know, the daughter's fiance, you know, she calls him and utters a word or two and then hangs up or whatever. And so he hears her voice and he's like, oh, my gosh, she's alive. And so he goes to the police. We've already been introduced to these two police officers before um, who he talks with. 
because there was one of them was speak, they were speaking with a, a young woman who had been picked up for shoplifting and they let her go with just a caution. Well, this guy comes, his fiance comes to them and says, Hey, I, you know, this young woman, I was engaged to her. They're telling me that she's dead, but I, I swear she called me. I think there's something up, whatever, you know, I think the dad's involved. I think he's weird. So, the police don't totally believe him, but they're like, you know, we feel like this woman who we let go for shoplifting, she owes us. So they go to her and they're, and, and I mean, this is, I mean, the, the ethics of this are a little questionable, but they go back to her and they're like, okay, so if you, if, if we might actually go and like want you prosecuted unless you help us with this. So kind of under threat, she ends up, um, I think getting in, Somehow she gets into the facility, the medical facility mm-hmm. that this, this, you know, weird doctor works at. Mm-hmm. And she's there, but, you know, they do tests and there's nothing wrong with her. Um, so th- she gets discharged, but the doctor's seen her. She's got a beautiful face and he wants her to experiment on to save his daughter. So Louise. Uh, after the woman gets discharged, Louise goes and like picks her up and takes her back and keep, you know, basically kidnaps her and whatever. And the woman's family calls and they're like, Hey, like, you know, she hasn't, she hasn't come home yet. She said she was leaving the facility. So the police go to the facility and they talk with uh, the doctor and they're like, you know, so this woman was here. Her family hasn't seen her yet. She left here long enough ago that she should have been home by now. What's going on? And the doctor basically checks with his, the, the woman at the front desk. And he's like, hey, does she, does she leave? And the woman's like, yep. And the doctor's like, yep. And then the police, so go, they're like, oh, well, okay. And then they leave. <laughs> and here's the thing. They already knew that. They, I mean, they, they, you know, they knew that she had checked out. And, but the whole whole point was she went missing. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. all the doctor did was just basically confirm it. Yeah, she checked out. They're already kind of or sort of suspicious of him. They were suspicious of him because someone who meets the description of Luis, his his assistant, seems to have been involved in the other disappearances. Yeah. So, yes, they're suspicious of him. But for some reason, they just drop all suspicion that nothing has been resolved. No. They meet up with the fiancé. Yeah. And they tell him. And the fiancé is like, oh, well, I guess, yeah. Nothing, uh, <laughs> nothing to see here. And I'm, I'm just... It makes no sense. It's a big plot hole yeah. in the movie. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, thankfully, there's a resolution. Yeah. But <laughs> it does not come from the police. No. Um, and I don't know. I, 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 I'm not... So in movies like this you know or or where there's nefarious goings on if they are i I don't i don't don't have to have the police necessarily be the ones to solve it Mm -hmm. all the time but if you're going to introduce police and you're going to have them start investigating like i think that they i i prefer that they be shown as competent than otherwise i think a good example of that would be the 1944 gaslight starring um Joseph Cotton and is it Ingrid Bergman mm-hmm. and Angela Lansbury, Charles, uh, Charles Boyer. Mm-hmm. Is it Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Joseph Cotton is a policeman in that. 
and he's a very competent policeman. Yeah. I mean, they show him investigating, and he is, you know, you know, on the, <laughs> he's with it, you know. Um, these police officers, not so much. I mean, they seem to be okay, other than the, you know, kind of dubious decision to bring in this this woman, and and in the way that they brought her in, you know. But um, they, you know, they seem to be on track. Things seem to be going in the right direction. Um, it it just seems to have been an excuse to get this woman into the mm-hmm. the doctor's lair. Um, but yeah, it's it, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, and it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. But um, the ending is, is lovely, though. <laughs> if you can call it an ending, like it's lovely, lovely. I think in a visual sense, yeah. and I and also think maybe in a in a in a, an emotional sense as well. Um, I think you're right about that. I'm willing, uh, I'm willing to forgive this, you know, this this plot hole because the movie itself is um, so beautiful to look at and beautifully told. I am willing to forgive it as well, but it has to. We have we had to talk about it because sure. it's a fairly egregious <laughs> uh, way that things are handled. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like this movie. Um, I think it's you know well worth a watch. Uh, so what would you give it? I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it a probably a 7.6. So our score is a 7.8, and that is Eyes Without a Face. Thank you for listening. Yeah, happy hunting. Happy hunting.